This is the Orcus podcast. Orcus is a managed version of Netflix Conductor, the most mature and popular orchestration product in the industry. Founded by the founding engineers of Netflix Conductor, Orcus helps businesses automate workflows and orchestrate microservices at scale. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to the Orcus podcast. And today on the podcast we have Ju with us. Ju is a co-founder and CEO at Orcus and uh, before this she was at Netflix he was an architect there and spent a lot of years to actually co-found conductor at Netflix uh, before Netflix Ju has also been also been a serial entrepreneur who's founded Pink Villa a you know very renowned site globally and with this I'm very happy to have Ju on the podcast Ju uh, has insane amount of work experience and has worked tons in the industry and something which I can only you know aspire to be uh, so I'm very happy, Joe. Welcome uh, to the podcast, and thanks for taking out the time. Hey, thanks, Cherish. Uh, thanks for having me here. Excited to be here. Awesome. Okay, thanks uh, for taking out the time, Joe. Uh, today we wanted to discuss uh, the hiring and the culture at Orcus, and I'm glad you took out the time. Uh, so you know, we'll, we'll start with like just starting with how you founded Orcus and how that came into being, and then we'll see, uh, you know, where are we headed with this. All right. So, um, you know, quickly about, uh, you know, if you look at like Orcus, right, Orcus is built on the top of uh, Netflix Conductor. It's the uh, most widely used and most popular uh, orchestration engine that you can find in the market today, right? And um, uh, if you look at the co-founders, like, you know, we had actually uh, co-invented uh, Conductor while we were at Netflix, right? And um, it, it became hugely popular within the company, Netflix itself, right? And it started with one team, and I had to start to spread within 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 the organization, within within multiple teams at Netflix, and um, we kind of open sourced the uh, uh, the project back in uh, I think late 2016, if I remember correctly. And uh, over the last few years, we've seen a very similar adoption of this in the industry as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you can see like uh, you know really popular companies like uh, you know companies like Tesla, for example. Um, running their whole business on conductor, right? And uh, or, or companies like um, you know Swiggy, um, again running every single customer order that happens on Swiggy, uh, India's uh, largest food delivery uh, uh, company, you know, running everything on top of conductor, right? And then you know this is like you know a few things, examples in the retail market, like you know, and we saw kind of uh, a sense of product market fit in the open source. Uh, where we started to see companies in healthcare, for example, G, or uh, there are companies in in, in uh, fintech or um, 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 other general areas like app modernization, um, and they were <clears throat> over, I think, the fifteen hundred, uh, close to fifteen hundred folks of conductor, probably more than that many companies already using it in the market. Like you know, two three hundred of them are really large companies, right? And seeing that product market fit in open source and also looking at uh, you know all the companies that we were working with and talking to all the engineers out there and seeing that there is a, a real need in this uh, in this space to go and address. And that's basically what convinced us all to go and start a company around this, right? So, so you know, it's been, uh, uh, you know, close to six months now. And here we had like, you know, fabulous journey. Um, we have a presence in all the, all the big clouds and, uh, you know, customers, uh, Using us in production, um, and especially in the in the midst of their core businesses, right? And that's that's something that's super exciting to us founders and also all the great people who are building this product out. Awesome, yeah. No, I I can completely agree. That's true. I uh, we've been speaking to people from you know almost every continent, <laughs> and you're right. Like the the penetration and the adoption has been insane for sure. Uh, 
Uh, so, and I, I want to like jump back to your story and how you came to be and right. And this will also give us a little bit of insight into, you know, what AUKUS is about. So considering like, you know, you, you've, you've been a serial entrepreneur and you also worked at Netflix and, you know, founded conductor there. So out of these, you, you being a serial entrepreneur and also working for bigger companies, what have you preferred personally and uh, why? Yeah, I think like personal preference, you know, I think if you look at like uh, all of the four founders, right? All of uh, all of us had this this entrepreneurial spirit and passion behind. Like you know, everyone wanted to start something of their own at some point in time, right? And and uh, together we've been talking about different ideas for a while, right? Like, uh, but I think going back to your question, like you know, specifically what do you prefer and why, right? Like, um, I think there's a there's a a great sense of things uh, that you can achieve and learn when you're working at larger companies, right? Mm -hmm. Also at working at startups, like, uh, uh, but I think like, you know, running your own company and, uh, you know, working towards uh, uh, a goal and, you know, working towards, uh, you know, what you really like to do, right? And that's, uh, that's something that you probably won't get when you're working in any other company, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, hands down, I would prefer kind of, you know, running your own company at any, any point in time, right? Um, and I think that's why we, you know, all of us, uh, you know, working at like uh, some of the best companies in the Valley coming down together, leaving, you know, really lucrative jobs and, you know, starting this, like, you know, there's, there's nothing like, you know, running your own company. For sure. No, I would expect that. <laughs> Makes sense. For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, completely agree with that point. I think, um, you know, both of these come with their own merits and you're right. I think the the thrill is completely different. So um, clearly one of the things that which seems to be like one of the harder problems while working at a startup is hiring and retaining talent, right? Because uh, the bigger brands kind of take care of that just because of their, you know, popularity and like brand awareness, but like at startups become like hiring and retaining talent becomes a little difficult, um, especially when you're founding something completely new. So what are your thoughts on that? How do you personally retain and, uh, you know, manage talent here? Yeah, so if you look at like, uh, you know, a company like ours uh, at Orcus, like, you know, we are uh, a managed services SaaS company, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, if you look at our overarching vision, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, if you look at like, really at the bottom of the stack, what we have is uh, any any company that's actually operating in the cloud today, right? Like uh, uh, cloud infrastructure, right? Something like, you know, AWS kind of started out back in 2006, right? And, um, uh, you know, back in the day, I think Netflix was really the very first company that kind of, you know, completely started to operate in the cloud, probably the, the, the very first company of that size to completely operate in the cloud. Right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that kind of pioneered this whole thing, what we call cloud today, right? Like, mm -hmm. and today, any company that's starting off, right, like, they don't even think about spinning up their own data centers, they start with the cloud, right, from day one, right? And it helps with a lot of things, right? Like your go to market improves a lot, like, you know, mm -hmm. you're not spending insane amounts of capital just to get started, right? Like, and um, and spinning off new applications, new services makes it like so much more easier, right? So the focus is, you know, trying to build stuff uh, that's that's important for their end customer and business, right? So mm -hmm. I think like AWS, uh, uh, you know, kind of solved that early on, like, and now we have like, you know, these three, four really big cloud providers kind of really solve that problem, like, uh, you know, AWS, Azure, you know, GCP, and, and a bunch of other companies in that space, mm -hmm. right? So that's kind of the bottom of the layer of, uh, uh, any any tech stack that you take, your cloud infrastructure layer, right? And on the top of the stack is what companies give like real value for for their end customers, right? So if you are a consumer business, right? Uh, you're thinking about your mobile apps, your websites, 
um, you know, maybe it's an API layer that you're giving, right? Or maybe it's a, it's, it's a business facing site. So whatever business solutions you're giving, right? That's at the bottom of the stack, giving direct value to the customer, right? Mm -hmm. Now, in between all this is where companies spend, you know, 40%, 45, 50% of their time, resources, money, people in building, you know, what we call platform teams, right? And mm -hmm. you just go into any, any big company today, right? Like, uh, you know, half more than half sometimes is just spent on doing this, right? And with and that's not the core of those companies' businesses, right? Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, if you don't do something, you're never going to be able to build a really magical service, right? Yeah. And that's why like companies spend uh, so much amount of time doing that. But one thing to notice there is that every company does the same thing, right? Like uh, the platform yeah. teams, like pick any company, big, large, small, they're probably doing like slightly different variants of this, right? Like, uh, um, you know, think about your, <clears throat> you're your doing your, you know, stuff around data, there's like data platform teams, there's stuff around like, you know, applications, application management, spinning services, cataloging, like, you know, these are common things that companies do. And, you know, any any team that's building platform teams are kind of rinsing and repeating this all over again. And, and mm -hmm. that's where our kind of overarching vision is to go and kind of uh, help companies easily solve that problem. And that's and one key aspect to that, one key building block of that is, is orchestration, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we're really starting off with, right? And, um, and uh, Netflix Conduct is so kind of, uh, uh, you know, something that we built while we were at Netflix, right? So we know kind of the impact that's had on Netflix and also in the industry after we have open sourced mm -hmm. it. So that's what we are really going after, right? Like uh, now back to your question on why I bought this up is if you look at it, the things that we are going after, the, there are the, some of the kind of, the, you know, important features of, you know, what we need to be really good at as a company is yeah. one is technology, obviously technology, right? Mm -hmm. The second piece of that is um, um, uh, general marketing, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, you, you have a great product out there. You know, people have discovered it through the open source thing. Like you know, because like companies like Netflix and Tesla and you know the Swiggies and JP Morgan's of the world have been kind of using this at large scale. Like this is so many great company examples of great companies who are already using conductor, right? Now. Um, marketing this is also very important like you know taking this to you know kind of every developer on the planet so marketing becomes a very very important tool here right mm -hmm. so that's the second piece of thing that we want to focus on you know from the hiring perspective and marketing comes in kind of a lot of different flavors right like one is um think of this as uh you know developer marketing right that's where mm -hmm. developer relations coming right um you know building communities around this and stuff like that and there's general marketing saying hey you know marketing to people who are even non-developers, right? Like uh, people, you know, not every company is like, you know, tech first, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, so, you know, but but that that problem exists everywhere. Like, you know, at some point in time, every company has some, some kind of tech involvement, right? Mm -hmm. And orchestration is a very clear part of that. So marketing, not lead to the developer community, but also in just a, in general to the business community. So marketing becomes a very, very important piece of this stuff as well, right? Um, so that's, I would say like kind of the... Um, um, kind of uh, this second pillar that we should be focusing on, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, so from the, you know, tech point of view, if you look at like, I think your question was more around like, you know, hiring, how do we think about this, right? So tech yes. point of view, like, you know, you know, people working on, um, you know, the core engineering products and there what we really want to optimize on is time zone, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, when we started off, obviously, you know, we are in the US, right? You know, based off in the West Coast, right? Like, and so we want to optimize that on time zone, right? So when you look at hiring, like, you know, we are trying to optimize on this specific time zone, right? Like, you know, two, mm -hmm. three hours plus or minus, right? So that way, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, like the tech team gets to talk to each other, whether it's online, offline, 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so, you know, that's a big element of what we're trying to optimize for. So obviously talent is, uh, you know, definitely there in the mix, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, hiring people in, in, in a common time zone uh, is a really, really key factor, right? Um, the other pieces of it, like, for example, marketing, right? Like, so mm-hmm. marketing, like, you know, you're building great technology for people to use it, like, but the people who are using it are all over the world, right? Yeah. Um, and which basically means that, uh, you know, developer relations, marketing, and also the third pillar is like, you know, as people start to use this, like, you know, customer success, customer onboarding, right? You know, customer to become a very, very important plug into this, right? Which mm-hmm. means that our solution architect, uh, customer success engineers, right? Like these are people, the roles that we have here are the people that we are hiring for here should be, a, you know, we'll have presence in like, you know, kind of all countries, all regions around the world, right? Sure. So that we're trying to help. We don't really focus on kind of optimize on time zones. We try to kind of... Uh, distributed across the world because and you as you called it uh, called out earlier right like we have customers all over the globe right which means yeah. that you know these kind of roles it's also important to have it all, all across the globe right um so hopefully that gives a you know good perspective on uh, you know how we are trying to hire and where we are trying to hire um so thanks for answering that you and uh, you know my next question just revolves around something that i am particularly interested about I've noticed and I've read that every interview has their personal favorite question, interview questions, right? Like even Elon Musk has this personal favorite question. I think his his favorite question is that you're standing on the surface of the earth, you walk a mile down south, a mile on the west, a mile north, and you end up exactly where you started. Now, a couple of questions on that question itself. One, uh, what's the solution? Because I couldn't figure it out myself. And the second, how does this question exactly help you to understand the candidate a little better? If you could just talk about that. Yeah, sure. I think I've kind of heard like different variants of that question back in the past, right? Um, but I think like, uh, you know, you know, this question specifically, you know, when you look at it, um, uh, I guess, you know, this is kind of when you when you think about the question intuitively, in, intuitively, right? Like, uh, you know, you, when you, when you think about the earth, like, you know, in general, in our day-to-day lives, we... We think about like the earth, you know, kind of our surface that we walk on just being flat, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, when you think about that, like, you know, walking 10 miles, you know, south, east and further up uh, north, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. and you generally won't end up in the same place, right? You know, you think about like, hey, three, kind of three sides of a square and then you are, you should be like 10 miles, 10 miles away from where you started off, right? Like, yes. but, but then when you think about it more, right, like, you know, uh, there are some points on the earth where, you know, you can end up at the same place. And I think like uh, uh, probably some things to look out for in this kind of question is like, you know, uh, these are kind of non-standard things that happen in life, right? And you will see mm-hmm. that in, in part of the problems that you solve, right? So thinking kind of mm-hmm. kind of beyond the box, thinking outside of the box is probably what you can probably get, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of things that candidates go go out to kind of uh, saying, hey, this, this sounds impossible. Like, you know, should I just give up, right? Like, uh, or let me see what kind of potential solution I can find. Like, you know, think think about in ways that, you know, you know, a normal candidate wouldn't think, right? Those would be kind of ideas to kind of, kind of things to look out for from the, from the candidate's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so since you brought up this question, like, you know, that's, that's a really interesting one. And, uh, you know, if you kind of, you know, a general good answer or, or one of the solutions for that is, uh, you know, just, just begin at the North Pole, right? Like, uh, and the kind of the North Pole, actually, let me kind of share my screen here. I know this is, you know, a version of this is going to be on podcast, but uh, uh, we'll probably also have like a kind of a YouTube version of this. So maybe it'll benefit some of those folks as well. Um, 
Can you see my screen here? I can see your screen, yes. All right. So I kind of pulled up a, a rendering on Google Earth, right? So if you look at it, right, like uh, this is kind of the North Pole right here, right? So, you know, one of the most common solutions for this is, hey, start at the North Pole, kind of go down 10 miles south, you know, go around any kind of latitude where you landed up, right, and go go 10 miles east and then, you know, go back up north and then, you know, you'll reach uh, uh, the same point that you started off with because, mm -hmm. you know, this is a sphere and then you start off at, uh, at a point which is a unique point on the on the point of the earth, right? Now that's the North Pole, right? And that kind of leads you to answer, right? So that's, you know, a different way of thinking about it, right? But mm -hmm. then the other thing could be like, you know, is that it, right? Like, uh, could there be more other, you know, other solutions for this as well, right? Like, and there are a few interesting ones, right? So um, if you kind of go down south, right? Like, so all the way down to the South Pole, right? And um, there actually are infinite points uh, on the on the surface of the Earth that likely solve for that, right? Mm -hmm. So, first thing to notice is that let's let's kind of uh, find out. Uh, you know, here's here's is a bunch of latitudes that we have, right? Like, uh, mm -hmm. you will find latitudes on the surface of the Earth, probably very close to the South Pole, which mm -hmm. are uh, let's say ten miles in in circumference, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's look at you know, there's there's a kind of a latitude calculator that I pulled up, right? So 90 miles, 90 degrees, nine, uh, you know, south or north, you know, the distance is like zero miles, obviously. Like, you know, if you go down 80, that's 12 miles. Like, you know, 81 is, okay, 81, 81 is like 10 miles, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens here is that, you know, you know, 81 miles is probably going to be somewhere around here, right? Mm -hmm. um, so if you start... 10 miles north of this, right? Right. And and that could be a point somewhere here. Come down south, right? And then you go 10 miles east, right? And just naturally, this being exactly 10 miles in circumference, you'll go down and then come back to the same point, right? Uh, and then you go back, you go back up and then you're at the same point, right? So that's, I see. that's oh. one set of solutions. So basically, you can start at any point on a latitude that's 10 miles north of the latitude that's 10 miles in circumference and then you'll get an infinite number of points that can solve your solution right so that's yeah that's like another way to think about it right now if you take that down further right so that's like one kind of uh, thing in circumference that gives you 10 miles right so similarly right mm. find a latitude that's that's five miles in in uh, uh in circumference like probably let's say 85 degrees south or something right Mm -hmm. Now go 10 miles up north, right? And go down south again, and, you know, and then reach the latitude, let's say 85 degrees. That's that's five miles in circumference. Mm -hmm. And then rotate around that twice, right? So now you're again back at the same point, right? Oh. So it's, it's you actually went 10 miles each, but you did, you, you, you did it, you did the whole thing twice. So you, you, you went five miles in one circle and then came back another five miles. So now you travel 10 miles east and landed up at the same point and go back up, mm -hmm. right? I see so it. now you found two set of solutions, right? One was 10 miles in, 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 in uh, find a, find a latitude that's 10 miles in circumference and you find something that's five miles. Then you keep on finding, find something yeah. that's 10 over three miles. And then you rotate that three times, three you, times. You, and then you can find infinite number of such points. Exactly. Right. So, exactly. um, so that's, that's like, you know, the first one that we saw is like one set of solutions. The like second one is like, you know, that's, that doesn't North pull right? One, one solution basically. Right. Now you have a, a new pattern of solutions, infinite number of them, new sets of solutions, right? Maybe one other thing that you can also think about is like, you know, same thing that you went to the North Pole, right? You know, 
um, the same concept right there, right? Uh, you know, this is something that, uh, you know, maybe the audience can do some math and just try to figure out themselves, right? Where, mm -hmm. you know, let's say 81.5 was kind of um, the latitude. Can you start at a point maybe just south of the North Pole? Like, and if that's if the distance between that and this is 10 miles, like maybe mm -hmm. you can do the same set of solutions here. But just looking at this, like, you know, it doesn't look like, you know, this, this, uh, this is more than 10 miles, like 81.5 is probably not more than 10 miles from this, like just looking at the circumference. So probably there isn't a solution, but, you know, uh, interesting exercise for the, uh, for the audience to go check this out. That's very cool. So basically the idea is whenever you're walking in one direction, you're theoretically going along the circumference, right? Yep. And that way right. you can have much. Oh, that's very cool. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I but I think so like uh, the question itself, if you think about it, right? Like it's it's trying to look into, you know, you know how much can you think outside of the box, right? Like, uh, yeah. you know, first thing it looks like impossible, right? And then mm -hmm. you found, hey, there's one point, right? You know, then the question is like, you know, do you stop at that? Or do you go and look at like, you know, a, a great deal of good solutions out there and try to pick the best, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. I think those are kind of qualities that you can kind of get from these kind of questions, right? Not just how to solve the problem in general, but, you know, just just the uh, uh, kind of the, uh, uh, the uh, attitude of uh, the, the approach and the attitude of just going and, you know, just not stopping at one thing and just trying to find the kind of the best out there, right? Like, uh, mm. and that's something that you can look out for from questions like this, right? I see. So, I mean, Elon's basically looking for relentless problem solvers. I mean, <laughs> not just one solution, but how many, however many as you can get, really. Yeah. And I think like, uh, see, those kind of things are super important because like, you know, if you are, you know, looking at a, a company like Orcus where, you know, we are trying to, you know, solve a problem and the space that we are in is as big as the cloud itself, maybe mm -hmm. actually even bigger which means that, uh, you know, trying to be the best in the industry is actually mm -hmm. being very, very important. Also trying to capture the uh, good portion of the market is also very important, right? right. But that means like, you know, hiring the, hiring the right kind of people becomes super important, right? Like hiring the best in the industry is also very important, right? So, and uh, interviewing is a very, very tough process, right? Like, uh, and you only get like, you know, you know, maybe two, three different uh, people who can talk to them, especially at a company at an early stage like ours, right? Um, and, um, uh, you know, we want to hire the best out there. So I think like uh, the kind of, uh, questions that you ask, um, mm -hmm. um, you know, from a, from a technology standpoint, from a problem solving standpoint, from a passion standpoint, right. And also from a general culture fit, right. Like, you know, yes, maybe all of these, uh, uh, these, these check marks are there, but, you know, does that person fit the culture at what we are looking here at, at mm -hmm. Orbis, right. Like, uh, so those are kind of super important things, right. Um, and uh, especially early on, um, the culture that we want to form in the company is the culture that uh, our early hires uh, bring into the company as well, right? Yeah. So that's like super important as well. True. Wasn't uh, there was like a math, right? Like uh, the square root of um, the square root of the company's total employees do fifty percent of the work, and those are usually hired like in their early stages. Uh, would you say something like that uh, exists? So let's say there are like or 100 people, like the 10 people are responsible for setting up like 50% of the culture or 50% of the entire, you know, how the company looks like. Is yeah, I think like uh, you can, so in an in a early startup, this is probably hard to find, but as a company grows bigger and bigger, like you will find that probably to be true in a lot of bigger companies, right? Mm -hmm. um, you don't want to have that in a smaller, in a smaller startup like ours, right? Like, you yes. know, here we want to have like, you know, 
all great people in the company. I think sometimes the company grows bigger and I've seen this when working in other companies like, uh, you know, where, um, you know, uh, as a company grows big and I think like um, um, 10,000, I think that's a, that's a kind of a figure where you see that the culture kind of, kind of breaks apart. Like if you, if you don't, yeah. you know, make a really, really good attempt to kind of uh, keep it together. Right. Um, mm. So it's, it's again, super important. Like, you know, as a company grows to keep that, uh, uh, you know that 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 aspect of hiring, like you know, looking into culture fit, is very very important. Right? For sure, yeah, I can I can agree. And so I mean, like for anybody who's listening, right? So they they're probably lo- listening to it from an eye of um, how can I crack an interview, possibly at Oculus, right? Um, so what are some interview tips you'd probably give them? And when I say interview tips, could be both technical as well as cultural. Yeah. So I think like one of the other things that I uh, so if you look at like you know early you know, when we started off like you know all of the founders were heavily involved in all of the interviews right uh you know both technical you know sense of you know working and being going to be successful at a startup right mm-hmm. like culture fit right like uh and uh you know we quickly and i think that was one of the main things that we focused on like especially the first month or two right and we were able to hire at a, such a rapid pace right yes. uh, and um, and then you know since then we've also had like some you know great folks in the company also join us in the interview process for example right so um, you know technical interviewing questions for example right like you know a lot of our uh, you know early hires have been you know core engineering right like mm-hmm. uh, so getting the rest of the team involved um, you know because these are people they're going to be working with as well right so it's it's also very important that uh, um, our company's employees are also involved in the interview process as well, right? Like, um, but like one of the other things when I look at like culture fit and stuff like that, you know, generally I look at, hey, you know, just questions like, you know, looking into problems that they have solved in the past before, something that they are super proud of, right? Like, yeah. um, and then, you know, asking those candidates to kind of go into details of those projects, right? And, and, and uh, you know, you can go through kind of nitty gritty details. And if you are, if a candidate is talking about a role that they're, or, or a, a, a piece of work that they're super proud of, a piece of project that they worked that they were super proud of, right? And no matter how much back in the past, they won't remember every single detail of that, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, and, and you can really weed out, like, you know, people who are kind of uh, BSing their way through this, or they are actually really involved in that. And, it also brings about, you know, the way they talk during that project, right? You know, how they're going to explain on what they did. Like, um, um, you know, it also brings about their passion, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially if you're working in an area for a long time, like uh, domain knowledge also builds up, right? Like, and, uh, you know, they would have learned so much about their product. They are going to teach you stuff that, you know, you never know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are kind of uh, kind of things to look out for, right? Um, and, uh, and I think uh, if you look at like uh, all the kind of great hires that we had in our company here at Orcus and also in my past life in other companies as well, right? You know, you know these kind of questions and people who have done really well in this kind of questions over time, I figured out like they, they tend out to be really great employees as well. Yeah. So in-depth knowledge, domain knowledge, it's basically like a well-versed, how, how deeply were they immersed in their entire thing that they were doing? Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. And I mean, while that may not be a tip, it's just basically, uh, you know, it's like, you know, it is what it is. I mean, if you're into it, you're into it. You'll probably crack. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think like uh, outside of that, the core skills definitely come in, right? As an engineer, right? You know, live coding sessions, right? There's nothing better than that, right? Like a pick a problem, 
um, you know, something that's generic enough, like, you know, you know, get them to, you know, use their favorite ID, their favorite programming language and have a crack at it, right? Like, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, uh, and a problem that's, that's, you know, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be something specific, you know, they don't really have to find a solution at the end of it, but, you know, their general approach, how they think about this problem, like, you know, how they go and, you know, you know, you're, you're going to have problems in, you know, while they're doing, you know, you know, coding that up, like, you know, figuring out like, you know, how they debug through that, like, you know, you, you get a sense of uh, how they're going to, you know, work on some things like this on a day-to-day basis, right? Like, mm. uh, you know, and then same thing, like on the, you know, on the devrel side, it's probably, you know, community building or, you know, how do they come up with documentation or how do they blog about this stuff? Like looking into the password, for example, right? Like, uh, I think like different areas of different things, like solution architecture, like, you know, um, or uh, your solution architects or your customer success engineers, right? Like, you know, you need to, not only be technically strong, right? Uh, you need to be uh, able to grasp, uh, and in case of, uh, you know, Orcus, right, you know, putting yourself in the shoe of the consumer, right? How they're going to be using this. And then also communication is very, you know, very important because, uh, and communication mostly in the in tech communication, because, you know, in the end of the day, like, you know, your direct users are engineers and business people, right? Like, and so uh, as a customer success engineer, right, you know, talking to the folks directly on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis, right? helping them like solve their problems using Orcus, right? Like uh, every role has a different set of quality, right? Apart from the other general stuff, like there are specific questions that uh, that that uh, helps you find like, you know, uh, what what core skills they're looking for and how good they are at it. Yeah, fair enough. Makes sense. True. Cool. I mean, this, this, um, this is great to know and anybody who's listening, I'm sure this will help them. Um, my next question to you were like, uh, what so out of all the roles that we've hired for or we're potentially hi- going to hire for uh do you think having like a distributed team like deters us from hiring a certain role or possibly makes it a little more challenging and if if it does then which roles were hi- like hard to hire based on the setup that we're in if not you know well then you know how do you do it yeah so see i think like uh you know, if you look at a time like five years back, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, getting entire distributed teams. I think they have, there are companies who have successfully done that in the past before, but uh, that was always a big challenge, right? Like getting mm-hmm. a full set of distributed team. Like, but you know, some of the things is that 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 uh, comes as a big hindrance is time zones, right? Because if you are hiring people who core time zones are like twelve hours apart, right? Like, you yeah. get a very small bit of overlap during the day, right? Um, so, you know, but there are some roles like, you know, developer relations, customer success engineers, that we need them to be closer to where our customers are. Right. Right. And those are natural fit for having a completely distributed team. Like, you know, you don't have to really worry about time zones because you have to worry about time zones, but not, not that the whole company or the, you know, let's say a whole devil or needs to be at the same, same time zone, but, you know, be closer to the time zone of the consumer. Right. Like, um, um, uh, but core engineering, right? Like, you know, that's something that, you know, we focus on like, Hey, generally like in a good portion of that is like, you know, you know, being, being in, 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 in a specific time zone, like, you know, and we kind of focus on generally the, the U S time zone, right? Like, and this, mm-hmm. you know, and plus or minus, I mean, U S itself is like, you know, you know, the most popular time zones are four or four hours apart, like, you know, at two or three hours, like you get a, you know, decent bit of, uh, uh, you know, kind of regions that you can hire some great, great, uh, candidates out of. Makes sense. And so there hasn't been any challenge, right, in hiring any kind of certain role. And clearly, uh, time zones, like, weren't necessarily, like, a deterrent factor. 
so far no right like um, and um, uh, even <laughs> even with the um, kind of core engineering roles right mm-hmm. um you know before pre pre pandemic right uh, you know getting kind of uh, collaboration was like a, a, a kind of a really uh kind of hard to solve thing when people were catching kind of working remotely right you know you know walking into uh you know somebody's room and there's just whiteboarding solutions and yes. uh, brainstorming with them right like uh but i think like over the course of the last two years people have learned how to do that really well like there's a lot of great tooling around that like uh, and that was one of the things that i was concerned about like you know when we started off with like uh, we just had didn't have any choice because we were in the middle of the pandemic at that time right um but you know over time like we've seen that we found some great tools and you know general way of working that's uh, it's never been a hindrance so far so nice it's great i think that's a testament of the team that we're building also that's absolutely nice. yeah. perfect um all right so my last question right regarding culture and hiring per se uh, i want to know what roles are we hiring for and how soon are we looking to fill them <laughs> and anybody who is looking how can they apply yeah i think uh, you know we we will always be hiring right like um, and i think uh, if you look at it uh, i think it'll probably go around the kind of roles that we have will go around in cycles right mm-hmm. if you look at like uh, <clears throat> early on our focus was mostly on core engineering developer relations right like that was our core focus um and as we built out these great products right like uh, you know and have presence in all the clouds right like and consumers are kind of using us in production in all of these uh, great clouds that we build products for which naturally leads, uh, leads into you know hiring like great sales folks right and we we've, we've started with some of them already right so i think like moving forward i think the given the cycle of the product we are in right now i think sales is going to be super important mm-hmm. and as with sales also it's it's also important that we are selling this great product to customers in need like you know they are using in the core of the businesses mm-hmm. right but we also want to um uh make sure that those customers are successful using our product right which mm-hmm. means that solution architects um you know customer success engineers those kind of roles also become super important right mm-hmm. and then the cycle continues then you do that like and then there are next set of great products that you want to build and then the you yeah. know the focus will be more on or on, on tech and that that cycle will keep continuing right mm-hmm. um but as i said like they're always hiring like you know go to orcus.io right we have a link for jobs and opportunities on that page right you can um you can you can hire directly to that and we have a integration with uh, you know a bunch of popular sites like you know you can reach out to us on linkedin right but all of our roles should be on our orcus.io page right yeah i i think anybody who's looking you know like you said if you find us anywhere on like on on linkedin twitter or websites or wherever just i'm sure it will lead you to a place where opportunities are available if not you can just directly ping one of us and we'll help you with it thanks you this was super helpful uh, i personally learned a lot so you know i'm glad anybody who's listening probably probably will share the sentiment um for anybody who's listening you know feel free to reach out to us we have presence over github social media we have our communities on discord and slack also you can ping ju uh, or any anybody in the you know founding team uh, boni virain dilip who are the co-founders of orcus and uh, they'll help you get started with the product or if you're looking to get hired as well uh thanks to it i you know i want to thank you for taking out the time and i'm glad you were here and uh, could speak to us hey thanks ish thanks for having me again awesome great thanks everybody for listening in i'll see you on I'll see you again in the next one take care bye bye all right see you bye to learn more about orcus check us out at orcus.io 
Try our playground at play.orcus.io. You can ask all your questions and contribute to our Slack and Discord communities. Link available on our website.